Okay, before we do, before we talk about anything else, I want to introduce us. This is Four Corners, episode eight. It's a three man show today, a little three man weave. It's myself, uh, Peter Bucket since eighty eight. Hey, you've hey. been talking already, but how are you doing? I'm feeling great. You know, how do you feel it's about the jazz? Night. How do you feel about the jazz fan base? The jazz fan <laughs> on a, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the jazz fan base? I mean, they exist, so and they support their team. Um, they're very passionate, so I'll give them a six out of ten. I I can I get that. I also because like even if I don't like jazz, I don't like the jazz. I don't necessarily love their fans. Don't so. ask me what I give the Nuggets fans. By the way, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have to save that for the end of the show for the real fans. <laughs> the, they they ride they ride for their people, their guys. You know, they love. They're very passionate, and I can appreciate that because not that many. You know. Not that many organizations in any sport has that kind of loyalty, even if it's not reasonable. It's pretty similar to Portland, the fan base. Yeah. Very, yeah. very similar fan bases. Yeah. Speaking of the Northwest, Darwin, how you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I'm sad that the uh, Prince of Thornton's on assignment today, um, but at <laughs> some point. That's okay. We're going to have him on. <laughs> Too many backpacks. <laughs> are you guys are you guys still uh i'm assuming so you're in oregon right uh washington but washington same thing want to get it right of course how's the are you guys still in that heat wave sort of situation or is that dissipating somewhat yeah today it finally cooled off it's uh it's weird though like you do like one heat wave where it gets up to 110 and then like the mm-hmm. rest of them just kind of feel like normal summer after that yeah hmm. interesting i always like here it's just it's hot and it's humid all the time it doesn't it's every year but uh it's never nothing we're never on fire because it's so humid <laughs> so i'll take that take that win hey uh darwin before we get started in mm-hmm. the in the real stuff uh i always like to ask new guests tell us a little bit about uh, how you became a Nuggets fan? How long you been a fan of stuff? Ooh, how I became a fan. So yeah, I what's was, your fan origin story? I was born in in Foco, um, Folk Hill, uh, Fort Collins. Yeah, Fort Collins. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. I'm here. Noob. I'm I'm, a, I'm up to speed. I am a noob. <laughs> Peter's a bolder dude. So it's it's yeah. uh, there's no, like I, the, the low level animosity that that we have for each other, just kind of by default. Ah, right. There's a rivalry. <laughs> Am I gonna? Well, have it's not really a rivalry. We kind of dominate, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my my mom, like in her 30s as a grad student at CSU, was like picking fights with with CU fans at the football games. Got to have nice. something to do, right? Yeah. yeah, I suppose so. Um. So yeah, from there, uh, as like a small child, basketball was like my favorite sport to watch. Had like a little, you know, Nerf Nerf hoop or whatever like hang on the hang on the door was like big Matumbo fan don't really i mean i remember that i was but then don't really remember that, much <laughs> that one year was pretty cool you know basically because i was like the four finger. and yeah. uh and then you know we we let him go like the next year i think mm-hmm. what do you know, think like, of the jerseys in that era i hated them me too <laughs> like that hoop brown with the navy <laughs> it's just yeah exactly 
Boop Brown. It's a. I like now weirdly kind of like they've become nostalgic. Like I've got a Matumbo jersey that's the that style and not like because he because like, we're never seeing a team go with that color scheme ever again. Oh God, yeah, thank God. Uh, hmm. They should bring the skyline back like full time. Another this one, red skyline nonsense. Yeah, that's weird. It was is too much the, the black even was like oh this is sus like give us give us like the royal blue or something this one is not too bad i kind of like this it's cool so that's sweet yeah uh, if you haven't like listened to listen to jeff morton ramble on about see this that one, one that's yeah. The, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> i don't need the red though this like red gold thing uh that we're getting a little bit closer to i'll pass on that yeah but uh um, flat iron's red this one's decent. Don't hate it. It's bright. It stands out. But I, I don't think every team should have license to claim like every color in the rainbow. <laughs> right. There are too many. There are too many red, white, and blue teams. I guess that's that's my that's my stance. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So was yeah. there a season that like really resonated with you? So I so after we we shipped Matumbo or like let him go. Um, mm-hmm. I became a Sonics fan and like loved Sean Kemp, loved Gary Payton. Yeah. And then, you know, the Broncos started winning, winning Super Bowls. And so became a, became a football fan first. I'm like a very fair weather. This is the until, Peyton Manning. Peyton until Manning like the post mellow era and that, that 12, 13 season. Like really? I, so, you know, when we got mellow back, I became a, a Nuggets fan again, cause they were fun to watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, once we shipped mellow off, I was like big, I like, you know, daily reader of, of Denver stiffs, like back in 0809. Oh, um, yeah. Back when people read things. Really good. <laughs> yeah, right. Before podcast. Yeah. Before podcast. I so I got like a lifetime membership to TMVR. I've read like mm, three articles. I, I feel bad admitting this. <laughs> Ray, edit that out. <laughs> I, I will uh I'll mark that down. 16 minutes, 13 seconds. Uh, no, you can leave it in. I leave I, it in. I shame leave it in. public. Okay, cool. We're never gonna no, make I'm... it big now. Thanks, Darwin. <laughs> yes. Well, it's not, I mean. Uh, this is like a whole other immediate immediate bands from the discord no one's uh no one's captured the the vibe of um the it's all over fat man blog which is like a broncos blog but like legendary like i had a smartest like group of football writers Mm -hmm. put together i've ever seen I like can't. I do not consume any Broncos media now, even from DMVR. You can edit that out uh, <laughs> because it's just like it's a pale imitation. Mm-hmm. It's just like standard, I've already time stamped it. So sports, <laughs> standard sports blogging, where like we can roast everyone in this little segment. <laughs> yeah, don't ask me for my thoughts on David Locke. We'll uh, we'll keep that. Look, no, it's all good. I mean, Darwin's just a guest. He he can speak his mind. He's not affiliated with the show. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, outing myself. Or, or you know, this is your interview, and you're failing. Well, you guys platform I mean, me, so I think I, you know this is true. We bear association. We bear some responsibility, and and to be fair, I um, uh, I'm not. This is not about the Nuggets. This is about me as a Ravens fan. Uh, in the late 
2000s in the early 2010s i read a lot about football and now i'm much less of a reader of football content now mm-hmm. nuggets content of all kinds of course i consume it every day all day of course but um i think we're in an era where it's it's increasingly difficult for people because the, a there's so much content and b reading is so um it's more and more of a luxury than something that people feel like they need to do that it, for for media as a whole I, I think it's a big challenge to get people to yeah. uh sit down and like literally read something even if they love the sport or the topic or the person writing or what have you it's harder to multitask with like i can throw a podcast on and do whatever and mm-hmm. you know just kind of like passively absorb but like I'm and like, multitasking is everything. Like we're all yeah. we're all really busy. We're all like, <laughs> I gotta cook and go through two podcasts and do my homework all at the same time. <laughs> you know, I've got to be at work and I've got to do my taxes and <laughs> all these things. Where uh, life life fills uh, increasingly people with stuff to do. There's always something. I do I do always do my taxes on the clock. That's a pro move, by the way. Really? You get your tax returns you, and if you can get away with it, file I your see. taxes while you're being paid. I am absolutely so, I fully endorse that. I'm self-employed. So I guess technically I'm doing that. But uh I'll keep that in mind for any future endeavors. Why don't you have your secretary do that? I don't have that's me. I am my secretary. <laughs> Oh, well, you can hit up the Prince of Thornton. So is he a tax professional? No, I was just saying you can make him do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind also. We'll see. So um, the post-Mellow Hour, you were, you were saying you that was when you got hooked? Yeah, I, like, I watched uh, every game, I think just about every game, not every game in the 12 13 season so there's okay. some like that was must see tv man there was like it's great so blowouts exciting basketball and like yeah a good a good amount of like close games and you just like count on a gallo dagger like every game it was mm-hmm. like clockwork yeah there were there's a lot of fun even like do you remember the randy foy dagger yes <laughs> I think it was against the Clippers. That was like a peak moment. That might have been my favorite moment of that that era, that season. Uh, that was, it was so I bought League Pass for that year. Like the you did. the thirteen fourteen year was just like very disappointing. Still watched every game. I watched, of course, way too many games in the Shaw era. Way too much. So sad. Those Fareed Hicks and backcourts, oh, front courts, I should say. Uh, that Jake, I can't. Makes you appreciate wow. what we have now more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, our bench is that is a little like that, but we'll see. Have you? I've heard a rumor. All the power how forwards. Would you, how would you feel about this? Do you remember Peter Cornelly? Oh, oh, where are you going with this, Ray? How would you feel about a Peter Cornelly uh, return to Denver or? Was he ever in Denver? Arrival in Denver. <laughs> Look, Buckets just had a stroke. He's no. like a. He was like one of those lottery tickets, you know. He, it's been sitting around for a while. He is. He has. 
and it's probably John expired. Was trying to cash it in, but uh, you know, you have to feel pretty good about the most recent draft we just had, Bones Highland. So if Corny, if Cornelly, I'm I butchered his name. If he hits, great, but I'm not expecting anything at all. Can he play? So, like he showed up in a couple summer leagues, like he years has, back, and so did not look NBA ready. No, and that is definitely true. Um, the thing I think about with a guy like that is that he's 26 now. He's been overseas for a number of years, and he, when he came into the league, or when he was drafted, I should say, he looked like a guy who was like two years away from being two years away. <laughs> Real Caboclo energy. It's been four years, so <laughs> I think he's kind of like physically, I'm hoping, he, you know, maybe he's a little bit more developed. Maybe he's a little bit more comfortable. He's an adult now. Um, he's been playing, he's been playing competitive basketball in, you know, overseas leagues against adults. Uh, we don't have any centers on the roster. So if he was like a two-way player or something like that, I would not, I would not hate it. See Darwin, what we've learned from Ray is he likes plants. So he's going to water them every day and then they're eventually going to grow. So you tell him four years and he's going to come back in four years and be like, all right, now's your time. You're supposed to be ready. It's about patience, about thinking the long game. Yes. Yes. Uh, There have been weren't any like winter storms or pandemics to wipe out the plants or anything. (laughs) No, no. And you got, you got to weed, you got to weed the garden also. You can't, uh, can't just let it run free. You got to take care of your plants. Be kind to them, you know, talk to them. Nice. I mean, that is an indicator given that we've held on to his rights. There's might be something to this rumor. I'm, I'm buying it. You're buying, yes. Ray, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I'm excited about it. I just, it, <laughs> you know, if Ray, if the Nuggets should hire there, you as like a therapist slash friend to the players. You can just, <laughs> oh, yeah. Butter I can, up the play. guys, not getting yeah. enough love. Yeah. Play some pickup, you know, we'll hang out. We'll, I don't yeah. know, go hiking. Good vibes, yeah. ping pong, whatever they need. Whatever they need. Uh, I'm, I'm decent at archery, you know. I'm sure many NBA players are not familiar with archery, but it's a lot of fun. And I actually think for – I think there are a lot of parallels in terms of – no? this. I think or there's, there's a lot I'm of mechanics. Open. All right, I'll, I'll – I'll, we're pretty off the rails here. Make by the, the case. Way. We are. We are. But I'll make the case. There's a lot of mechanical consistency things that you're thinking about. You're thinking about your breathing, your posture, uh, and a little bit of luck. And it all all comes out in this uh, very zen activity that also, um, you know, doesn't need ear protection. You just kind of have fun and relax. So, yeah. To get back on the rails, <laughs> Bones Highland. <laughs> There the we go. The segue yeah. of all time. Yeah. Let's bring it back. <laughs> so, Darman, how much of Summer League have you watched? I watched zero live and then just like all the Bones highlights I could find. Um, okay. It's been, What's it's your been my Summer League. Uh, On a scale of I, 1 I, to 10, how excited are you? 9? 9. Like, yeah. If you take okay. it in context, maybe with when he was picked, it's like mm-hmm. probably closer to 10. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, that range doesn't hit very often. Oh. And you're lucky he looks to get a like, role player from that position, and he might be more than that. I think he's going to be thrilled a second. So, like, kind of the Ooh. upper bound of a role player. 
Like that's my hunch, but the Dame range though too, like that All unlocks right. a lot. Yeah. Hmm. I'm excited. That is I'm interesting. Very excited. That's not a typical role player uh attribute. attribute. <laughs> you don't want your role players jacking 40 footers. Is he like Unless the bowl bowl of of guards where he's like he's really skinny and he has like talent that says he might be a star, what? but he has these physical limitations? No, what's, get what's out of here with that <laughs> No, that's terrible. Is it his, terrible? Ray, what are you I doing? Mean, <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. I'm just saying, okay, so on my personal excitement scale, I'm at like a seven. Okay. Like, I'm happy. This is what he, uh, this is what you want to see. Ray loves Bull Bull, by the way, if you can't tell. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just know trying why. to not get too far out ahead of my skis on, uh, is that the phrase? I don't ski yeah. really. But uh, for a player like Bones, because of how interesting he is, how much the ceiling, you see it, and it's like, I want to see him on the court right now. Trade Faku, trade these guys get him on the court. I want to see him next to Jamal Murray dropping 44 three pointers. Yeah, I want to see that too. Eventually. At the same at the same time, yeah, it, it's it's like an eventually thing where he might be like two years away or three or four. Yeah. Like my general rule of thumb, like personally, when I look at NBA players, it's like three to five years. Usually like three to five years in, is where they like get their shit together. What I don't want to do is next year, you know, maybe he hasn't played this year and he has an off season and now we're like, okay, you've sat for one season. Are you ready to start now? Or are you ready to have this major role? And we apply a lot of pressure, I think, to a lot of players where uh, not just to the players, but it creates an air of um, expectation for them to be something that they might not be ready to be. But if we were just a little bit more, a lot like plants, you know, a little bit more patient, just give them their time to sprout those extra leaves and flower and all those things, we'll get something really nice. Well, one thing I noticed about him that I think was kind of a, a lower key observation is he's mm -hmm. really comfortable off the ball as well. And that's going to be really important. And like you said, Darwin, you, you already kind of see he's like thrill 2.0. So yeah, he could probably be a bench scorer for us, maybe lead the bench unit one day. But he also looks like a guy that you could put next to Jamal and he could be that secondary playmaker or catch and shoot when he needs to. And he's going to be comfortable doing that, too. Mm -hmm. That's kind of yeah. the that's like the ideal result, right? Because he's got with his length, you can play him at the two and not suffer despite playing, you know, two, six, three guards or whatever in the same way. Hopefully. That, Gary Harris would just get bodied sometimes. Um, sometimes. What? So, Peter, what do you think his path is to that? To minutes? Yeah, I mean, because I have like, I mean, I have my own ideas about like patience well, and just like with, with not Malone, rushing. But Malone, it's all about trust, right? Mm -hmm. Bones to me already seems like the type of kid who's going to do whatever he says without question. Mm -hmm. You know. Obviously, I'm not privy to all those conversations, but for the most part, the guys that haven't really, you know, been on the same plane with Malone, guys like Malik Beasley, I, I think it's because they either don't listen to him as much as he wants them to, or they just kind of do their own thing. I don't think Bones is going to be like that. I think Bones is going to fit into whatever the team needs. Um, but once 
Malone like really wants him to play defense, can he do it? That's going to be the next step. So if he's competitive enough, then he'll work on his body to become passable there. But, you know, it's so early that I think a lot of this stuff is just like most guys are bad on defense when they get to the NBA, most of them. So yeah. I'm not I'm not really worried about that because I'm not looking as like, oh, we need him this year to contribute. You know, some teams draft guys to do that, but this is an upside pick in my opinion. And the Nuggets have done a pretty good job of developing and they they identified a guy that they think they can do that with. Where are you on the one to ten scale, excitement wise, with them buckets? Mm, seven. Okay. Just so we have the I, same number. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be like a top four player on the Nuggets, barring a major trade, right? Like we got our big three. I mean, right? I think we do. Oh yeah, and then you've got, you know, the Aaron Gordon tier. But you know a what? Will tier. Barton is on a two-year contract. It, what Ray was talking about, like he thinks players are ready in three to five years. If in the um, so that'd be going into the 24 25 season. If if Bones is ready to go, then that's perfect. Yeah. What uh, are you are either of you concerned about how slow his release is? Bones, yeah, it's something that has stood out to me. He looks like Bull Bull shooting out there. No, he because very... I actually didn't think he forced a lot of shots. Mm. I think he's skilled enough that it's not going to be that problematic, but he is like, he has long limbs. And I think anytime yeah. you see that in a guy, it, it always changes how the mechanics of their yeah. shot function a little bit away from what the standard ideal might be. So is it, uh, I mean, I think if he has the range that he clearly does, it's not going to be a problem. Uh, there, there are some players like I remember when Eric Gordon came to the league that I looked at his shot and just how flat it was and just how low it came from. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be, uh, it's just a very blockable shot, but I, so far I don't have that out. concern. Yeah. He's good like, enough. You know, Eric Gordon's a great example for like totally opposite reason because he doesn't have trouble getting a shot off. Well, Darwin, mm-hmm. to answer your question a little more in depth, that, that's a really good observation. He does kind of have a little bit of a slower windup. So what I'll say is like, oh, yeah, the easy comparison is is Dame, like, oh, he's hitting these long threes. Well, Dame actually shoots the ball really quickly. Yep. So, does, so does Steph. But yep. what I noticed about Bones is he has that time. If they went under the screen, he's got the space to then shoot that shot. If he starts hitting that, I don't think he's going to shoot it with a hand in his face. If they come up over the screen, now he can burn his guy. Now you're, uh, you know, five on four. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to get blocked on that shot too often because it seems like he still does a pretty decent job of picking his spots on when to take it. He also I think has a nice, and, sorry, he oh, has a nice ahead, handle. That's, that's all I was going to say. He has a nice yeah. handle. He can, he can make space for himself. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, so I wonder if he went and looked at the tape. Like I think even the Dames and the Stephs of the world don't, despite their quick release, they don't jack the logo threes unless they get like a mental lapse from the D and Duke goes under the screen. Um, they're not like, they're usually trying to force you to go over because then like it's a wide open half court. Yeah. Right, they're not hunting the three. They're hunting yeah. the easy stuff. Yeah, unless they're just that hot, and then they just let go. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> have a 40 footer. It's fun to Dame is is fun to watch live, I gotta say. Uh, I when he gets hot, it's it's something else. Does he look little out there or does he look like a normal guard? He looks normal, I'd say. Um Bones? No, Dame. Oh, Dame. He's uh stout enough that he doesn't yeah. come right. off as tiny. We're at like uh, I think Faku looks smaller yeah. than he is. <laughs> he's <laughs> clearly like four inches shorter. I mean, Faku is is also like he's well built for the frame that he does. But he's have, just like but JJ Berea size, you know. He's like, like um like a like a mighty nugget of yeah. muscle. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like as much hate as Faku gets, and I'm guilty of it too. But like the fact that that guy made it to the NBA is incredible. Yeah, I actually have pretty high expectations for him this year. I'm not gonna really. Lie. He's because he's gonna get. A consistent role, you know, like George Carl stresses that all the time, right? But yeah. like until Jamal comes back, he's gonna have months of like, I'm either the starting point guard or I'm the backup point guard. And we don't mm-hmm. have really any other options, you know? And well, that and I think with like uh, the sophomore thing. But. I think in today's game, as much as we love him, like Jeff Green is a little bit better for the team than Paul Millsap, right? Like that'll be another weapon for Faku. Jeff Green's pretty good at catch and mm-hmm. shoot. Millsap worked out and got better, but he's kind of creaky and like falling off towards the end of last year with that. <laughs> Poor dad. I'm going to miss Millsap. He was yeah. pretty washed. But, you know, he's still yes. – I'm, I'm going to miss him. I didn't and see – did, did he like wind up getting a deal from anybody? Not, not yet. yet. Which presents opportunities maybe, uh, especially if he's someone who – you know, he spoke a lot about – last offseason about staying in denver and that his kids were here and mm-hmm. things like that uh maybe down the line you know a roster Trade spot goal for a protected second and then uh bring back that <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> does we traded like two seconds for javel mcgee who never played is a protected second really that valuable like does it well you're, really? you're just no the roster spot like is valuable <laughs> right i don't care about no the it's the, no, it's okay, but like it'd be like a top fifty-five protected. You know, teams do that where they're just like, we're not really getting anything from this, but like getting rid of PR would be like toxins leaving the body. <laughs> you you couldn't get rid of like a like a like an Austin Rivers or somebody. You've got we're seventeen guards. Oh, we're not going to do this again. We're get, we can we can we can move on. I don't like Austin Rivers. Um, I don't necessarily love Faku, but I also don't like Austin Rivers. Here we comes can, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers has officially come up every show now. <laughs> he has a nugget. It's well, you know, he he had a he had a, a very Austin Rivers playoff run where like he won a game yeah. for us out of like fucking nowhere and like also lost a couple of games. Or like you Ray know, that's my to deny that. It's not that I <laughs> It's not that he, I deny it. It's just, I think people see like he won us one playoff game and don't look at the rest. You oh, know? yeah. The, it, it, you inflate why the can't value. You of look that. at it as a guy who was on a 10 day and not as like we're counting on this guy. Because he's the, he's the reason Paul Millsap is not on the roster. And I'd rather have him on the roster. It is, it's kind of remarkable. That's a better argument. And there's so love for the Nuggets have. The Nuggets have like eight guards and eight power forwards, and I don't there, like it. There's one really unfortunate counter. I have to say that though, okay. we know that Austin Rivers is capable 
of having a 20 point performance. Is dad capable of that anymore? I wouldn't even, but because the position that either player is going to be on the roster, I would rather, what I look for from Paul is more of like a leadership off court impact kind of thing. What, and I would see that personally as more valuable than say Austin rivers being, um, uh, the sixth guard instead of Marcus Howard was because uh, we do Paul's we, last twenty point game. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long. It was a while ago. I mean, uh, to an extent, I, I feel like we've got a decent amount of vets now. Jamichael. I mean, Jokic is pretty much a vet at this point. So, mm-hmm. and Austin Rivers is almost thirty. So it's like he's I, a vet. I, They're both vets. I don't think the team is lacking for leadership. I really don't. I don't either, but I just <laughs> I I don't want to I don't want to go back to like this guy is not that good, but um there are just other players I'd like to see get minutes and opportunity and have a role than Austin Rivers. Um and they will. He's not going to be in the rotation, don't worry. You know, we say that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Would you be surprised if he was in the rotation? Like, I would. I mean, we don't have Jamal, so we don't have Jamal. Even without, I mean, PJ well, could very PJ easily is play so much up, three. I feel like so Austin will yeah. get some backup minutes. That's not play, universe. He's got to do some time at the four too, right? Plus, he might. Like, you have to remember. They gave the two-way deal to Marcus. So Marcus isn't going to be here the whole year. He's only going to be there for 45 days or something. So, yeah. The, the think, bench guards are Baku, Rivers, and uh, PJ. But did Marcus take – I thought he wasn't going to – he's like, if it's just a 10-day, I'm not going to do it. He signed the two-way. Change? He signed okay. the two-way. He signed the two-way. So I think he can be here for like half the games, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they shifted it from a games to, from days to games, thankfully. Oh, that's good. And uh, around three quarters into the regular season, I think the G League season ends, after which point they can just come up. And, and Ray, like, unless Austin Rivers completely bombs, the way the hierarchy works is like, even when Howard's here, he's not going to play over Austin. That wouldn't make any sense. Would, would I'd rather play Bones, that's, though. This is how I would feel. I would rather play Marcus Howard over Austin. I know. Bones. I'm just telling you that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, it's just basketball politics. It is. And, it, yeah, it's just it's weird. I mean, I think it's it's unfortunate for my, for my feelings, I guess. Oh. Uh, well, we've talked about... I mean, do we have any more hot, hot bones takes? Well, so speaking of, like, I'm curious, is Austin going to get minutes over Bones in the rotation? To start, I think so. Yeah, I don't think Bones is playing. Austin is a better defender than him at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like the, it's the difference, you know, when, when, Maul was a rookie. I mean, you know, he's number seven pick or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. he got to play 20 minutes a game because, like, we sucked. <laughs> like, what, yeah, who else I think, was going to play, you know? So now, I, think, I think there's a couple of paths towards Bones getting serious minutes. Uh, 
one obviously would have to have to be another injury. If there's another injury, then he's pretty much forced to play because he's mm-hmm. he's a first round draft pick, so he's guaranteed contract. He's he's going to be with the big club this year. I know they're saying be, like, oh, we could send him to the G League. Like multiple. he he could go get sent to the G League. He's not getting any playing time, but if somebody gets hurt, then he's playing for sure. The other way I see he could play is if if our second unit is trash without Jokic again, Malone's going to. Do something. He's not just going to keep, you know, trying to fit a square peg through a round hole. You know, it, okay. that might be staggering or it might be putting Monte, but at some point he's going to have like his favorite lineups that work. And then if if the bench is not doing well, he's going to put Bones in there just to ignite something. See see what he can do. I mean, say the bench is like Faku, Rivers, PJ, Green, and Green. I think that's probably going to be. They'll be good defensively especially in the regular season, I think that'll be fine. But I don't see that unit scoring a lot. Who's like, the, at all. yeah. Who's, who's like the clear, give me the ball guy. Like they don't have that. Or have to be MPJ staggering. There's no action that that group can go to that. I feel like is going to consistently be effective. Where exactly. There's no two man game. Rivers is not like, uh, let me run off a screen. He, he doesn't like, like focus on like cutting off ball and catch and shoot threes in the way that I'd like him to in PJ. Maybe he can do that, but that's not his focus either. And Faku's going to have the ball because he's Faku and he can't, we'll see if he can shoot or not. Right, Putting him in the corner doesn't make sense. Um, Well, Jeff green is not a crazy dribbler, but he is better than Millsap at that. So he I is. do think he can create a little bit, but also he's pretty good on the break. So I know he's up there in age, but him and Faku, I'm actually looking forward. I think they could build some good chemistry on that second unit. He, he's 34. Right. Six, <laughs> he's 6'9". Six, uh, yep. I want to say I would hope. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I have a hard time. He's not going to, but you know what? So the Nets relied on him a lot. I think there were some games where he got over to 30 minutes. I don't think we're going to mm-hmm. be asking that of, of him. God, no. Something has gone horribly wrong this year. <laughs> right. Well, but you know what I'm going to be fascinated on? Is out. We really need Gordon to become just become a little more comfortable this year because there were some games last year where Malone was only playing him like 26 minutes because – he just, for whatever reason, didn't have it that night. So mm-hmm. I guess I heard he had some kind of lower leg injury, knee or foot. I don't remember exactly what he, was going on. When he on. came over, he had like an ankle, I think. Yeah. Or but he's coming I'm off actually, an ankle. I'm actually looking forward to seeing if Malone ever goes to a lineup that is essentially the starters, but with Jeff Green in place of Aaron Gordon. Because you'd be a little worse defensively, but the spacing would be really nice. Hmm. Is So I think... I don't feel as bad or like I'm not as sus about him shooting 40% as like when we trade for Iguodala, he was coming off a 37% year and it was just like absolute anomaly. Like that dude cannot shoot. I mean, he still does, which is good. He's he's fine. But like, do, do y'all think that Jeff's going to shoot 40% plus from three this year? Not with the that bench unit I mentioned. It'll, it'll be hard. <laughs> I don't expect it, but I also am pretty confident that he's not going to shoot like 32%. I think he'll split the difference and be at like 36, yeah, 35, which 36. is which is good yeah. enough for us. Yeah, that's um, what you want. Out we of the just need for, that. Anyway. Unit. Do you guys all agree? We just need that unit to hold us afloat. Like we have the, one of the best starting 
forward groups in the whole league. Yeah, I agree. And they defend well. They just need to score sometimes. Like, and I think that was their problem last year where right. they would if go you, for like 10 minutes. And just if Jokic not, goes to the bench and we're up 10 and he comes back in the game and we're only up seven or eight, I can live with that. It's when he goes to the bench up 10 and comes back in and now we're only up two. That's when it pisses me off. It's like, oh. Uh, Wasn't there a game in the Portland series where like in the third and top of the fourth, just like neither team scored for like what felt like, I don't know, hours. six minutes. Hours. It could have been like a lie. For the playoffs, that was some ugly basketball, wasn't it? Oh god. Like the fact like Portland should be ashamed of themselves. I'm I'm not I'm not kidding. Like you we're starting Austin Rivers and Facundo Compazzo, and they're like it just did not do well. I'm so glad I'm not a Blazers fan. (laughs) So glad I'm not a Blazers fan. Like that would have pissed me off so much. They gave us an Austin Rivers game and a Monty Morris game in the same playoff series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just think it's, I just, a side note, I think it's absolutely hilarious when like people are like, the Lakers have six Hall of Famers. I'm like, have you guys watched Carmelo Anthony play basketball? He was literally out of the league two years ago. He did not get better since then. He got <laughs> no. older. I think he, there's a the real scenario thing- where he's out of their playoff rotation. Teams are going to target him. Oh, yeah. Vogel might have to bench him. So, I've got my eye on that, for sure. I'm just sad they didn't keep Andre Drummond around. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only credit I can give Melo is that, like, he seems at a point, he seems to be at a point where he's willing to, like, accept a role uh, that might not be being Will he accept no role, though? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a chance this goes really badly. Maybe. But maybe like no role couldn't happen like, to a better franchise. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. I hate the lake. Look, I will be the first person to tell you I hate the Lakers <laughs> as much as anyone. Uh, they are the evil empire of the NBA. But I, like, I guess if we're playing them, and he's guarding MPJ. I am salivating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But you think maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I think he'll he'll be there for like catch and shoot threes or like Ray Allen towards the end of his career where he's just like <laughs> i know it's uh, i know it's surprising but uh you're, you're I think talking about high, role right not ability uh role yeah okay in what he might contribute which he might have a game that's like seven points but three of those points are some of the most important <laughs> points um that's true Melo does have bad. the clutch gene like you can't there's no taking that away from him if you're gonna have if of all the people they could have picked but up, my I think favorite thing about Melo is he had that one really good game against it. It was like game two or something. Yeah. And that as way. soon as he gets cold, he just keeps shooting. He's like, I gotta shoot myself out of it. I'm like, this Mello, is the you were an all-star like seven years ago, bro. It's over. Uh <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about Austin Rivers right now. <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm not. I'm, I mean Having I'm one good it. game and then just you know being not he didn't not jack shots. Okay, there's it is there's a fine line between like you know shooting like a role player trying to shoot themselves out of a slump and like a role player like getting in a slump and then just like not shooting anymore. Like both, uh, absolutely. Both are tough. Because I've been there. You you play in a game, you miss your first three shots. I'm kind of like, man, I don't really want to shoot anymore. At least that's and then, you know. 
to Ray's point about guarding Gobert earlier, it's just like at that point, your whoever's DN up on you is just like, all right, well, I can I'll be do over whatever here. the hell else. Yeah. Plus, Ray, yeah. if we're being honest, it just wasn't a perfect situation. Like the other guys on the floor, you know, you got Jokic, he's great. He can't shoot every single time. MPJ, mm-hmm. they were like the game plan was basically like take everything away from him possible. That pretty much leaves Faku. And then who else? Aaron Gordon, who doesn't want to shoot? <laughs> I, from I what understand. I, from what I noticed. It's just so. <laughs> look, like, watching him play, there are just too many times where Jokic would be open and he'd be like, nah, I'm good. Gordon would be, I mean, yeah, maybe they don't want to shoot, but, like, this is Austin Rivers. And we're talking about, oh, well, instead of the, <laughs> instead of the MVP, instead of this, this uh, top-tier talent, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, dribble dribble between my legs three times and take a step back three that i have no business taking uh, right. and yes there was one where he got hot you're not wrong but let me let me level with you and then hopefully we can table this topic for the rest of the summer i actually i wanted to talk about russell westbrook i think that yeah absolutely i think that when we have pj back right we have a deeper roster to start the season i think his leash will be shorter on austin i think he's going to start the pecking order as fifth guard He'll come in for stretches here and there. I don't think he's going to be playing extended periods. Malone's hand was forced. He had to play somebody, and Rivers just ended up playing a lot of minutes. So, yeah, I know you didn't enjoy it, but you're not going to get as much Austin Rivers this year. If something, if he does, if we do, something went really wrong. That's my opinion. So, if I set the over under at three and a half games until we see four guards on the floor at once, I, which which are y'all taking? You take the over or the under on that? Four and a half. Four and a half. It all depends on how good MPJ and uh, Gordon play. When you say that, you mean four guards, as in PJ at the four? Yep. I I want to say under. I'm gonna say that is not going to happen. I don't think PJ will play the four, but I do think we may see more three guard lineups than we want. And in that case, you've got six guards playing. 20 minutes right like 15 plus minutes my only wish my only wish and i love monte morris is no more faku and monte minutes please it's they're too tiny you can't do it the issue with that is so faku starts neither of those guys should ever be a two guard i mean i honestly don't care you figured out the better player to me should start faku figured out with a bench but we'll see what they do if faku could finish right he could Play he would be an NBA player. At, like, <laughs> if he was just if he was just prime JJ Barea, he'd be a lot. That's better. what I'm saying. He'd be he'd be the JJ Barea. Like if he can if he can learn how to finish amongst the trees. And JJ didn't always play the one. You know. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll get better at that. Like Faku seems like a pretty smart guy. I, I don't think he'll come back the exact same player as he was. That's last my time. hope. I think he might be two percent better, and that could be big. I think he has some self-awareness, you know, and he knows, like, he knows his weaknesses. Uh, I worry about him only because we don't have, what I think would make his life a lot easier is if he had, like, a lob threat. You know, when he goes in the pick and roll yeah. and he, you know, he gets to that restricted area, he has an option to to dump the ball off to and have a reliable finisher. And even just keep defenses thinking about that would help him a lot. With his I think we saw that like in the very few minutes he shared with McGee on the court. Like you saw yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will say that I do love about Faku is that he's got a lot of Tim Tebow in him, 
like even if he only has eight points and three assists, he'll have like one massive play in the game. And yeah, I agree. Nobody this is in what, the like... building loves that more than Michael Malone. He's like, yeah, this guy gets it. And I'm like, actually, he's just really, really feisty. And sometimes it works out. But yeah, it, it you guys have played. It's like that's what's weird about basketball is like sometimes you do have a play that just kind of like uplifts your team and kind of dejects the other team. And he, he's somehow figured that out. On both, yeah. both ways. <laughs> wow. I mean, if you brick a wide open three, like everybody in the league can do that. It has a, so. it has a I, don't really, I don't hold that against him as like a dumb play. That's just like it's not dumb. It's, it's just, just his his skill isn't there. Yeah, it's not. It's not that I like expected more from him. It's just, but I get so uh, hyped for Faku three makes because I never expect him. Of course, of course, it's Which a double edged sword. I'm pretty sure he way. shot better last year than Ty Lawson did in like the majority of his seasons in the league by percentage. Yeah. What Maybe. was he like? He, I think he actually ended at like 35%. It wasn't yeah. gas, ghastly. Yeah. He got hot. Which is so though. weird. Cause it just felt like he wasn't going to make anything. Like It's not the number. It's how the defense treats him. Mm-hmm. He has to change like how defenses, you can get them to respect him to some extent. So, Ray, if you don't mind me moving on, uh, I wanted to ask no, Darwin cool. about uh, what's your what's your predictions and just overall outlook on MPJ? Because I know you're high, but also like you have concerns. Yeah, that's a bit of roller coaster, man. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like it is in his sophomore year, so second year in the league, like when he was like struggling to even break into the rotation. I yeah. was way lower on him than the general fan base was like i was just like this kid's stupid like i remember that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry but you got just like some level of of even if if you're not smart you have to be like basketball smart hey you're not alone and uh but then like somehow that flip-flopped and like last year you know i was like oh mpj is the future like he's the truth (laughs) like i don't i don't know i I mean, with no mall, like he should be an all star this year, right? If if that's he's like I'm, tracking with his on. ceiling. Ooh, what what are the odds at for that? Ten to one, baby. Oh, really? That's pretty good. Well, I, I don't know what they are officially. Those I are could my odds see with uh, oh, okay. <laughs> one Jake I could see him being like banned and trade MPJ for anybody. <laughs> he will trade MPJ for anyone. He'll trade him for like Marcus Smart <laughs> and a box of Swisher Sweets. Ugh gross yeah unfortunately but Um, yeah darwin i get what you mean because it's like i'm i'm gonna try to say this in a respectful way as possible but it's like he strikes me as a guy who is somewhat self-aware like he doesn't believe all the hype or like oh yeah everybody told me i'm great so mm -hmm. i'm gonna be great but he also Mm -hmm. just like seems kind of naturally like he doesn't pick things up quickly so it's like he has to work that much harder just to get to a baseline level of like learning the plays, knowing mm-hmm. where to be. Um, and it has improved. Yeah. So I'm still optimistic that it can continue improving. I think the concern for everybody w- that for people that have no patience like Jake is that it just won't improve like to the level that you need it. And mm-hmm. I fully admit it might not get there next season. Yeah. But I do think by his like 
25, age 25, 26 season, he's going to be competent on defense. He's probably yeah. like a kinetic learner, right? Like, because he didn't be. learn shit in his rookie year. Like, we, we redshirted him, and it was worthless. We should have just been playing him, like, on his bad back and all. Like, no, just, what? No. He uh, should have moved around like, a little bit, like, learn something. He gives, something. like, major homeschool vibes off, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do think there is something to the fact that, like, some guys just learn by doing, you know, yeah. get a feel for not turning the ball over by, you know, getting a reps in. And... <laughs> right. It's one of the things... I worry about with a lot of players is uh, people have both of these things are true that guys will need the experience to get comfortable in a situation. And at the same time, a lot of people are going to have really high expectations for players sooner and sooner uh, in the modern league where, you know, there's somebody gets drafted and like, Oh, are they, uh, they want them to be like all-star talents year one or year two. And that just might not be the case. And that can oftentimes end up almost hurting the players themselves mm. where they don't get the, um, the expectations for them just becomes out of whack and how people judge them and treat them is like, what do you think that's ridiculous? So I get the feeling you think that maybe applies to MPJ, but what other players would you say like league wide, any time, any point in history that like applies to in your mind? Um, like that's really happened for who has ridiculous expectations put upon them. Hmm. I, I think Luca, Luca kind of suffers from this where I feel like he's so talented and people, because he is so talented, people expected so much from him so soon that not only do our fans looking at that, but that the Mavericks themselves are now kind of, in year one, they were started to make like move, win now moves where they uh, are kind of hamstringing the long hamstringing the long term viability of the team and their peak of success just to get somebody in like a Kristaps Porzingis who sounds like a big name, uh, but as it turns out, this is not going to be the guy that gets you there. And now he's kind of alone, and not only is he um, in a tough spot. But it's hard for him to – it's hard for me to expect him to say like improve defensively or become a little more efficient when he has to score 40 points a game just to for them to get by. I got a couple of guys for you, Darwin, when I think okay. about expectations. They're actually cousins, uh, Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady. You know, mm-hmm. definitely all-stars and even Hall of Famers, but – I just don't know if either guy really won as much in his career as their talent level suggested they probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that obviously, if you remember, Vince had the impossible put on him because people were saying like next MJ stuff like that. So, yep. um, you know, Vince has had a very successful and long career and it, he has, he's like that rare superstar that was able to change his game and stick around because he could accept a lesser role. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that mentality just proves that he's like complete opposite personality of a guy like Kobe Bryant, where, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like Kobe and he has flaws, but he was a champion because he was like maniacal about winning. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. Vince really ever was. And, you know, T-Mac was a phenomenal player, but he was also kind of a floater. And like both guys just kind of struck me as like 
guys that knew how to be really good on their own, but didn't necessarily know how to elevate their entire team. Yeah. I, that T-Mac, like how much of T-Mac though was like injuries though, like both him and Yao, right? Like his peak is just like, either he was hurt or Yao was hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has some bad luck for sure. And the West is always so deep. Um, mm-hmm. But Ray, I wanted to ask you a question about MPJ. So sure. impossible question to answer, but I still think it's interesting to think about. When you go into next season and you know you have the information that Jamal isn't going to play in the first half, do you think Malone is going to make a more concerted effort to like put him in better positions, give him the ball, like do basically do whatever you can to maximize him? Or is it just going to be like last year where it's like you just need to fit into what you were always being asked to do and just try to do it better? I tend to hope for the former, but expect the latter. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think Malone is not, I think he's a great defensive coach. I think he's a great leadership coach. I think he's great at encouraging personal growth. Uh, where I don't think he's the kind of guy who is like, I want to, I'm going to, uh, orchestrate and get my fingers in the pie to such an extent that I'm going to, uh, get MPJ to be a 25 point per game score. You know, I think he would rather make sure that the defense is tight, that they're, uh, that the politics of the locker room are stable, that things like that tend to matter a bit more to him than the aesthetics of the offense or optimizing a certain player. Cause even with like Nicola, I feel like as much as, um, uh, People feel like Malone has adapted to Nicola in terms of giving him the keys to the offense. I also think Nicola's had to adapt to Malone, you know, to the extent that the teams that we put out there are not necessarily going to be peak, peak uh, Jokic ball lineups where there's lots of ball movement and cutting and shooting spacing or even though nicola might want that and that might be best for him and his stats and that might make him mvp again and xyz uh, probably for a philosophical difference that that may not lead to winning he's more focused on yeah the defense needs to be like i said before the defense needs to be right the politics in the room need to be right that sort of thing just his is, personal uh, based on what he showed us, yeah. Yeah. Is MPJ going to show up with a handle this year? No. I don't think we should expect. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Yes, he will be I would better. love for him to double his assist per game. Yeah. What were they before? Two? One, maybe? One. Okay, so, yeah. Let's go for it. And That's I think a reasonable. It yeah. should be, like, his, you know, one of his goals for the year, right? I'm I think looking, he'll be better. I'm looking forward to his mentality, though, because so – when you've played two years in the league, at that point, you know you can play, right? Like your rookie year is basically like showing you belong. And then your I feel like your sophomore season is like your prove it season. Like last year wasn't a mm-hmm. fluke. He's done that. I think mm-hmm. now he's realizing like, yeah, he wants to be an all-star, obviously, but it's like he wants the team to win. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's about winning. I really do think he's about the right yeah, thing. He's he's mm-hmm. like, what do I need to do to make my game better so the team can be better? And he knows that with Jamal out, he's going to have to do more playmaking, not just shooting. So 
I'm really looking forward to just seeing the way he plays and approaches first quarters next year and be aggressive. I know he's going to be aggressive, but I just hope he doesn't have the black hole mindset and he actually tries to get downhill a little more because he's still a pretty quick, like he's good Mm -hmm. athlete. So he's got plenty of matchups where, yeah, he can rise up and get the shot whenever he wants. We know that, but let's try to get even better shots. I'd like to see him focus on like getting the ball easier as well. Like in terms of uh, being a better cutter, not that he was ever bad. I think he's always had a natural inclination and feel for that, but running off of screens, um, backdoor cutting when, you know, especially when teams, which I hope we're going to see overplay him and try to deny him the ball, how to sort of take that and turn it on its head and punish defenses for being so aggressive with him defensively. I think, so I asked about his handle because I actually think that our offense, like his efficiency demand, even like with the minimal playmaking with like, I don't really like seeing him put the ball on the floor. Like his Mm -hmm. efficiency just alone on cuts and on catch and shoots, like it, he's kind of hit the peak or like we've maximized what we can get from that while playing winning basketball. It's like almost 20 points. Right. Right. But if he shows up with a handle, like, you know, that, that takes the load off thrill off Monte or, you know, whoever's starting and unlocks more options for him to, it'd be nice to see him get to the line more, honestly. Like yeah, that's like, that too. He settles a lot, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause you're like, you look at the efficiency numbers, you're like, oh, man, I would love to have a player like that. And, like, we watch the games and we're like, man, this could be so much better. <laughs> but he's just comfortable, you know, because he's been doing what's worked for years. Like, it's a good problem to have in a way. But mm-hmm. the way I'm kind of looking at the first half of the season is I'm really excited because I still think the team's going to be pretty good, even with that small. But I also think that it's okay if there's some growing pains and they're actually letting him try stuff, you know, Get him more comfortable with having the ball in the middle of the floor, getting downhill, seeing what he can do with the handle because it's only going to help him more when we get to the playoffs because I think we'd all agree that we were kind of disappointed in his playoff performance against Phoenix. Um, Yeah. But he just didn't really have the reps yet of like being that go-to guy, right? Like what did he have, 20 games after Jamal got hurt to be like the number two, quote-unquote? So right. You know, I don't hold that against him the way some people do. And it's even, you know, I think about like earlier in the season where he didn't play as much as we expected him to, especially in a lot of games where they weren't that consequential. And the same could kind of be true for the year before that. Um, I, I, I'm expecting for growth, but I don't need him to be, I don't need him to be perfect. I guess for sure. I just, Hope just you know steps forward and uh, for everyone to have a little bit more patience. Um, what about the? I mean, there are a few other guys that are going to be looked at, especially early on in the season, uh, in terms of seeing what they really have. You know, we've talked a lot about Zeke as one of those guys that might fill in at small forward or power forward and have a role next year. And you know, he had that that uh, sit down conversation toward the end of last season. Uh, Peter, what are you expecting from him in the first half of the season? Um, I would say that Zeke 
it's it's so tricky because like anytime a guy's young and athletic, you have like you would just want to put a high ceiling on him. You're like, man, this guy can be so good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that he fortunately has done a really good job of realizing that one, he's on a good team. And two, in order to get minutes, he's going to have to play defense. So mm -hmm. while some of the summer league stuff was concerning, it's like, we're not going to ask him to catch the ball and face up and drive or, you know, make a play down low. We're basically going to ask him to defend rebound and then pick your spots, hit open shots, kind of like Jermichael Green style. I think he's very capable of doing that. We saw him play pretty well in the minutes he got last year. So I'm actually not that worried about Zeke. I just don't think he's ever going to be a very high usage player with us. Like if he ends up being a really good role player the next two, three years, then he'll end up getting like a restricted uh, free agency offer of like, you know, somewhere between like 12 to 18 million from another team. You know, and we'll look at that and be like, well, he's so low usage. Does that even make sense? But that's way down the road. But so for this next season, I'm excited for him just as like a backup guy who as a second year player, it seems like he knows what he's doing at least. Yeah. Uh, Darwin, how about you? Yeah, I think about the same. I don't know that I have anything to add to, to Buckets' take on Zeke because it's pretty much matches my own i was nice. gonna ask i was curious like how how y'all felt about his um summer league performance yeah i think it's i i <laughs> my takeaway is that he's not a small forward and that he's not gonna mm. be a small forward that he doesn't have like the ball skills to do that and the unfortunate part about that is if i'm just slotting him into the mix of power forwards that we have of all seven power forwards that we have <laughs> uh i don't see him being much different in turn from jim michael or jeff or uh you know it's a really crowded position you've got vlaco you've got bowl you've got a bunch of guys who can all play this one position who are in theory even michael porter is you know someone <laughs> who we've seen as like before is like the best position for them and i think that's it's really unfortunate because it's hard to then see like a path to him having uh, a role that's above any of those guys. Um, it could be matchup based. It could. It's just, I mean, Jeff Green is already here. He's the veteran. Jamichael Green is already here. Right. Uh, but on back to backs, who, I think Zeke's going to play a lot. I think that's going to be good for us. You know, the good teams have good depth. They do, uh, and I think early in the season he'll probably get opportunities. It's just it's hard to see them being. Um, anytime you have a young player, you want to for them to go into the next year and to look at them and say, okay, they've proven themselves. You want to see them having like experience that's consistent and relevant. And I don't even know if Malone is the kind of guy who is, uh, we'll see this year, especially given that Jamal is going to be coming back from uh, an injury and Nicole Jokic is coming off some of the highest load seasons of all time. Um, is he the kind of guy who will um, rest guys for uh, to give other people opportunities, considering how much NBA players prefer that sort of consistent role and comfort and knowing when they're going to play or not play that well, sort of thing. Connolly already said that the plan is to rest Jokic more this year, right? Or did Malone say that? Maybe it was Malone. The, that could be said. 
but I'd still need to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's fair. Yeah, need some proof. And Good point. If if Zeke is going, it's fine. If Zeke is going to be a player in Denver who has a real long term role, I would almost want to see like some trades happen, basically, because here you go again. <laughs> <laughs> I think the roster has just kind of been balanced. And if you have this guy and he's sure. one of six, I think I'm, I'm lowering this number each time, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's actually six power forwards. You want um, true wings on the roster. Am I correct? Would be nice. It would be nice. And if you want him to have a role, someone's not going to have a role, whether it's, I mean, All right, and Zeke a, for LeBron who says no. <laughs> Me, I say no, no, that guy is overrated. Okay, LeBron James. Let me tell you about LeBron James. Uh-oh. LeBron James is like, no, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna. He's like, this. I don't want to play small forward, I'm gonna play point guard. Uh, he is kind you know, of the most both. infuriating thing about that free agency is Bron was like, I'm they go to the Lakers, you know, they've got Lonzo or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm just so excited to play off ball more, and that, like going to the Lakers, like, it's really where I wanted to play off ball. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. like I'm looking at this Nuggets team, just like the fuck, man. Like this is like you on this team wins the championship. Unfortunately, so, like missing the playoffs would have been incredible, right? Yeah, they're in LA and we're in Denver. Yep, straight up. So Ray, I know you want to talk a little about the the Lakers. Unfortunately, oh yeah, you want Actually, to talk about Russ? No, I had, expectations. Place I would a say it's young one age. of the most interesting uh, trades of the offseason for me. Yeah. yeah, was the Russell Westbrook trade that, um, you know, as much as my immediate reaction was, wow, this is a terrible deal. Like, what are they going to do? The spacing is such a challenge that it's hard to see this working out, especially in the playoffs. I think it's actually, now that I've considered a little bit more, I think it's a really smart trade. Uh, for the main reason that, which is unfortunate, <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to like partition my internal uh, Lakers hate for this segment. I have to like set it aside. LeBron is trying to extend his career. Anthony Davis is a guy who, if you're putting him in a, under a large workload, especially in the regular season, it's kind of dicey. Do you expect him to be healthy? Russell Westbrook. The trade makes a lot of sense mm. considering that, A, LeBron James can now, uh, ironically enough, have an off-ball role uh, that he's can be comfortable in. And but will he, probably, though? That's my question. Like, is he going to be Not in the playoffs. Not, not when it matters. But mm. for, like, three quarters of games in the regular season, he's yep. going to be taking – he's going to be fine, I think, taking catch-and-shoot opportunities from Russell Westbrook. Or even just taking days off where you, you know, you have a little bit more faith that Russ can get you to like 40 wins without too much trouble. And I do think you think they're going to put their foot on the gas, like go for a top three seed? Or do you think they're like, remember that older Celtics team? They like didn't care about seeding. I think, think they're going to be like that. They'll, they're going to be health first. You know, I think they're trying, they care more about how they look than what their record is. And they're just trying to keep guys fresh. Keep they kind of you know, bit them this year. I mean, they've like got hurt, but like, yeah, it's a combination. They definitely were just like, let's just get into the play in, and then you know we can be fine. And you want to be weren't. in rhythm. You yeah. want to be healthy, but you also want to be in rhythm. 
So if they have that injury like they did last year, I think that's a big problem for them where they aren't necessarily going to be in rhythm, even if it was fortunate enough that it happened so early that they could come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Darwin, to, to expound on that, though, I never want to make an excuse for the Lakers, so this will probably be first and last <laughs> time in my life. But they did go all the way to the finals in the bubble. And as you saw, three of the four teams that went to the final four in the bubble, they all lost in the first round. The only team that didn't was the Denver. And I thought that was so cool when they uh, they revealed that Brad Stevens called Mike Malone after they beat Portland was like, what you guys oh, are yeah. doing is incredible. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. that was cool. Like, because, yeah, I, I really do think that the carryover probably weighed them down like LeBron and 80s legs. It's just that's a lot of basketball, man. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. fair point. I just like I, you know, the the shade I've been casting at bronze since he like won the rookie of the year instead of Melo, who deserved it. Uh, Absolutely. It's like you play in the West like you can't. Seating matters. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. they're yeah. It, it's it it's not the East where the first rounds like just a given, and like you'll get some upsets from time to time or whatever. But it's just like doesn't matter. It's like the top four teams are going to be. It's going to be so fascinating to watch though because I don't know about you guys, but my only like team I would say is a lock for a top two seed is the Suns. Interesting. They're running it back. Yeah. They're running it back. The Jazz are mostly running it back. They swapped out favors for Rudy Gay. So they'll still be pretty good, but Conley's getting up there in age. He's like 35 now. He's injured all the time. Um Ingles is no spring chicken. They'll be up there though. They'll be they'll be like top three. I'm not, I don't know if they'll get one or two again though. Because remember, they had like a really good year because remember, they had fans from like day one, like those crazy jazz fans. They were one of the first teams to get fans in the building. (laughs) That was such horseshit. We got the Salt Lake. COVID can't make it through the Salt Lake. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and that's probably. Feel free to edit that out before we get canceled. (laughs) That's probably my top three Uh, the Lakers, the Suns the jazz in terms of just my expectations um no love for for the other la team we'll get there i guess just to go down the list um the the nuggets and the warriors i kind of think of similarly where you've got guys coming off of injuries but you've also got a really talented mvp caliber player leading them still so they'll be I, i expect them to be in the upper part of the conference but maybe not top three Dubs are a good call out. Like Clay's yeah. gonna be healthy, right? Right. I mean, and he won't be like he might not be ready shape. right at the beginning. I don't know yet, but mm. yeah, he's gonna need to wildly his legs under him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, they're 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 talented. They're the Warriors. They've got great defenders on that roster. I think they'll be better. They've got Steve Kerr. Can I give you my crazy Western Conference take? Sure. I actually think the Blazers are gonna be good. I, it pains what? me to say that. <laughs> it pains pains me to say that, but like Terry Stotts, let's be honest, they tuned him out two years ago. So when you say good, I think you they'll mean be like, comfortably in the top six. Wow. I think they'll probably be in like the four or five matchup. Wow. They could they could even challenge for home court. 
You think they'll be better than Denver? I hope not. They have been like. So this year they were six, right? But before that, they've been a top four seed for the last. Oh, I guess they were. They were the eight in the bubble. Ray, there is one like small elephant in the room with the Nuggets. There is always the chance that we come back and not anybody got any better. So if that happens, then yeah, we're probably not a top four seed. I'm hoping that MPJ and PJ and Aaron still get better because they're in their mid twenties. Mm-hmm. How much of the the playoff disappointment? Like mildly disappointing, but like. I feel like we could still be a regular season team without Maul. I think like, so. We were good after he went down. I think Porter will be fine. Jokic will be fine. We should. I, like, think, I just hope that Malone plays big more because I think that's what works. Like you can pl- you can play a lineup where you can play PJ and Will in the backcourt. That's six 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 six, and then you can play MPJ and Aaron with Jokic. Like that's a lot of size. Ooh. That team's not like easy that. to score on, and you still have a decent enough enough shooting and enough playmaking. That might be that might be our closing. That In would mind. be a great closing lineup. If PJ gets more consistent, and if there's like a guy on the other team they need him to guard, then they'll do that. But I think at this point, Mate has earned the trust. I think he's yeah. going to closing closing games until Jamal's back. Yeah, you're probably right. The one of y'all mentioned earlier, like if like one of bones's paths to playing is if Malone just starts experimenting with the bench to generate some offense. Yeah. The, so not bones, but, but Zeke and to your size point buckets, like what if we, what if we see him go to like a five out where you're playing? Like, even though we're like, well, Zeke's not a three. If you're playing like five out and you've just got Zeke Jamichael and, and Jeff green, and then like, you know, two two guards. Well, we basically have to. We don't have a traditional backup center. Yeah, well, I think that's yeah, but I think it's probably more likely we just like see that you know two of them play the same way that Millsap and, and JMG were, and then like PJ at the three or whatever. Right. Yeah, I guess is that are they gonna play three guards and two power forwards or three power forwards <laughs> and two guards? Fair. Um, one or the yeah, other. Yeah, that's really the the question. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look. Um, and it's it's so my hope, I guess my hope for next season is that around mid-year, there is some kind of shakeup with a roster, uh, not necessarily at the top or even in that top like seven of guys, but really just for the balance and fit, especially coming off the bench. Um, if they could have, yeah. Go ahead, Darwin. Well, so this is the big if, but if Faku improves his ability to finish, you could run that, you know, three power forward second unit and, you know, just spread pick and roll with Faku. And then he just like sends the ball. It basically is like a really, really, really poverty stricken person's uh, rocket Harden or whatever. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, more. More like a Eric Gordon comp when when Gordon would run that second unit, but they play a similar style. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Ray, I, don't I know. Just, Ray, I have one counter to your. Maybe they make a trade point. I mean, they might, but I just think that as much as you want a lob threat for Faku, 
I just think that that kind of player is starting to get phased out of the NBA, right? I mean, we've seen Mason Plumlee just get passed around like a Yankee Christmas swap at this point. Um, yeah. And, you know, JaVale McGee, he's, yeah, he's won a lot, sure, but he's bounced around and it's like we picked him up because he was a matchup if we had to play the Lakers. He barely played in the playoffs. I feel like the Suns are doing the same thing. Oh, yeah, championship experience, veteran president, all that stuff. That's that's good and great. No, they picked him up because the Lakers have Dwight Howard and Marcus Hall. So that's why they got JaVale McGee. If they end up playing like the Warriors or the Clippers, JaVale McGee's not going to see the floor. If they play the Nets in the finals, he's not going to see the floor. So, so I just think that player's going out of style. What do the Nuggets do if they're playing the Lakers? Well, probably just like it's time for MPJ to put up or shut up, right? I mean, he's going to have to guard either AD or LeBron. Is that? I mean, LeBron maybe. Yeah, I just don't see it as a good. As a good, it'd be nice to have an option. I just don't think the Lakers would go gigantic all that often. Like, I think they would go AD at the five, LeBron at the four. Like Marcus Allen washed at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about Marcus. Not worried about but, him. Like Dwight's getting old too. But with the cola, yeah. they've always dealt with him in that way. Is that they've brought in a second big to kind of harass him and sort of take the burden off of their star player. They were yeah. still playing a, a lot good of things amount happen of between now and then. They they in in our matchup in the bubble, they were they. Anytime Nicole was on the floor. For the most part, they had a big in there to to beat him up, but they played a lot of AD at the five when Nicole was off the floor. And like in the finals versus the Heat, Javale McGee didn't play a single minute. I don't think. No, he didn't. Yeah. That was versus the Heat. Yeah, but like the Lakers won't go big. I mean, I, I I'm with buckets like that. That you know, backup rim rolling big is like not a thing that winning teams have or play all that often well i think it would be fine if you weren't playing faku unfortunately i see what you mean it's like (laughs) you you're trying to maximize faku which i think if we're being honest like if we make it to the western conference finals again i don't know if he's going to be in the rotation yeah if he's not in the rotation okay yeah i mean or for example if um if it's if it's um barton and pj and three power forwards, I think it's not that big of a deal because you've got dynamic scoring to some degree from both of those guards where you can kind of rely on them to get into the paint or get to their spots and score with some regularity. And you can still put on a or put out a bench unit that has the defensive potential that they showed last year where yeah. you had the switchability, where you had the, the rebounding and the rotation. Uh, conciseness i think this is a very versatile roster i think they can play small or big and i think if we play against the lakers i don't think Faku plays much i think you see a lot of pj dozier in the backcourt and you see a lot of green green and naji you know a lot of bigs in the game and i think we could still be okay there maybe down the road but i just wanted to give my one take on the russell westbrook situation sure so i was listening to a podcast with uh, Ramona Shelbourne. She's like the one of the main Lakers reporters. And mm-hmm. she was saying how like 
LeBron lives like five minutes away from Westbrook. So they got together and like talked about how this is going to work, like before the trade went down, everything. And they're like, oh, you know, they're going to get along great. And this is, they're going to figure it out. They're going to, it's going to work. That's all good and fine. I like to look at history when I make my predictions. And when LeBron (laughs) James went to Miami and he played with Dwayne Wade, who was not a shooter, they struggled out of the gate. And yeah, they figured it out eventually, but Dwayne Wade was all soon as prime. This is no longer prime Westbrook, and it definitely isn't prime LeBron James. So my main point is, even if Westbrook does what a lot of people think he won't or can't, which is change and like take a back seat or change his game, I'm saying it doesn't matter because, okay, LeBron has the ball. He does a nice play or whatever gets in the paint and the defense collapses now what happens russell westbrook's wide open for three the defense just won like you want like kyrie irving was such a much better fit for lebron and that's why they were so dynamic on offense like this is going to be a really good regular season team don't get me wrong i'm just fascinated to see like because russell westbrook one of his biggest flaws to me is that he has no decelerator button like he's in turbo all the time He's going to wear himself out. Like, how much is he going to have left for the playoffs? And he's going to have to take some big shots. And history shows he just usually doesn't hit those. (laughs) They do have two rookies that they signed recently. Uh, Probably not a good plan. Yeah. (laughs) Mac McClung and Chandri. Sean. Sean D. Brown Jr. We'll see what those guys have. Probably not a lot. I think there's just so much talent between the three of them that they could even, for the regular season, they'll work in shifts, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what Dwayne and Braun did in Miami. It's like one of the two was on the court and the primary ball handler like at all times. Yeah. But for the playoffs, I tend to agree with you. Like, at the highest levels, I don't trust Russell Westbrook. I've never trusted Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think it's always been him, even... (laughs) In the Thunder days. Although like, I forget guys, the... can we be honest just for a second? Even if Russell Westbrook buys in 100%, can we see yeah. him going for 12 points in a playoff game? I just don't see him being cool with that. I don't see him being cool with like 10 shots in a game. Well, I, mean, I can see he... him going for 12 points, just how efficiently. Right. He's going to be like, he go for I that. don't have 20 yet. Yeah. Go, go yeah. get his. It, it's more like he... I think the crunch time point is a good example. Like, he wouldn't give the ball to fucking KD, clap him for it. It like down the stretch in in games where KD was fucking microwave and he was ice right. cold. Has right. he grown so up from that? That's what like, that's what Ramona is trying to say. She's like, he this guy really respects LeBron because his work ethic's just as good and all that stuff. And my he probably point did is that with KD fine. too. My point is simply that that's fine. Russell Westbrook's a 32% career three-point shooter. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> yeah. So the spacing I mean, is just going to be weird. But the defense will be – I think it'll be good defensively, I think. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, you, whatever happens, I don't think we can put a lot of stock in the regular season because LeBron's going to coast. Like, Yeah. It all it all comes down to AD's health. If AD's healthy, that they should be the favorites still. They'll be the one that, seed. I know, I know that Brooklyn can score, but like – they're not guarding LeBron and AD if they're healthy. So, yeah, I uh, I want to wrap up, but before I do, uh, is there any topics you guys wanted to uh, hit 
things you wanted to say, players you wanted to insult. <laughs> I, I I think we probably did more insults today than the rest of the pods combined. But I just Possible. wanted let, let's end on a positive. Let's let's get uh let's get Darwin's hype meter on Will Barton still a Nugget. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay. So, so I was actually this is I was curious what y'all's take on this was because uh, it it has been dismissed that the Bones pick was a clear thrill re- recruiting move, and I maybe you it's me that? reading in. Oh, I'm like making I'm like speaking this into ex- existence. It'd be kind of cool if it was. Kind of crazy. It was so, so like so. Number one, he was like kind of a reach, you know, at the time, like based on what folks were thinking. Um, and two, like thrill, like you look at how he developed camaraderie with Jamal and with Gary Harris, like from the jump, and like his kind of main thing he's done. He's not that much older, but the, his main thing he's done in Denver has been mentoring those dudes. And so I think like picking a guy who played like for his AAU team or whatever, mm-hmm. who like he knows and, you know, gives him that incentive where, cause he wanted loyalty. Right. And yeah. the clear like subtweet of that was like, man, the fan base sucks. At least when it comes to like how they feel about him. Ah, that's who we're insulting here. Guys. I yeah. was so disappointed. Like when the nuggets official team page posted that he's back, I looked at the comments. It was like 90% like, why? What the fuck? And I'm like, you guys are all so weird. But anyway, so so my theory is like the bones pick was like that extra little incentive of like, hey, put put up with our shit fans because it'll be worth it for you interpersonally or something. Yeah, I'd love to get that story one day, like when when they're all retired, you know. Mm -hmm. If you run run into Connolly at at a bar and and. Denver somewhere. You just like ask him. <laughs> hey, by the way, buy him an extra drink, see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. but you know what though? It, it's kind of a moot point because if Bones ends up being good, then he doesn't have to justify shit. Oh yeah. No. I'm, I'm certainly not I'm I mean shit. Y'all heard. I'm a nine. Nine out of ten in bones hype. Right. And I am a ten out of ten in uh thrill hype. I'm so excited. Hell nice, yeah. Nice. I'm uh, this should be an exciting season for sure. Yeah, I he mean was, no matter so he's shooting and like by the end of the year he was back to finishing not at his peak but he looked like, like not, thrill, as, right? not as bad yeah i mean like it was a low bar right like mm-hmm. he just couldn't finish for a good look they looked rough you know what darn <laughs> i've always loved his attitude though like when jamal went down he never once said like oh no what are we gonna do like mm-hmm. he's like all right, well, this sucks, but guess what? I'm going to be even more aggressive, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you could tell how bad he wanted to win that game four against Phoenix. Like, he he was playing hard <laughs> yeah. until the end, and we just didn't have the horses, like, flat out. Hand, you know, give a hand to the Suns. They they deserve to beat us, but Will is a dog, and he's coming back, and he's he's got lots of proof still, and that's what I love. But he always plays with a yeah. chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Um. Let's see. One thing I wanted to share this time, Peter, where can we find you on Twitter? At Bucket Since 88, baby. Oh, nice, you know. nice. Darwin, how about you? Uh, at and Darwin Corn. But or do you, do you have anything you want to? Do you have like a personal blog you want to blog? Yeah, uh, blog.ndarwincorn.me. Um, okay, cool. You can cool. find me writing there every 
three-ish months or so. Nice. nice. What are you writing what are you about? Writing? Just random stuff? Random shit. Some some tech stuff, some politics stuff. Uh, cool. One of these days I'm going to like, I, there's like a, I wanted to do some some data work and still will around uh, haircut Jokic. Um, I owe that for the homie. Oh, that'd be such a cool article. So, Fresh cut Jokic. Let's go. Yeah. So like, like the, like Alex That's Wynn hardcore. has been doing, he's like two years in a row done some like haircut Jokic. Like, let's see the, you know, the game immediately preceding the haircut, the game immediately after. And but like, I want to take it like, do a more holistic thing where you project like when he gets his first haircut of the year, like what his stats are going to be. Extrapolate. Yeah, yeah. For the rest of the year. Nice. Um, nice. I, I look forward to this. You need, yeah, I'll, I'll let you we're know. Gonna, we're going to hold you to this. this. Yes. This, this is reasonable. That's so yeah. cool. Like I, I've always viewed it as one of those things where it's like, I don't think Jokic is superstitious. Like, Oh, I got a haircut. I'm going to play good now. I think it's just more of like a personal confidence vibes thing. Right? Like feel you better. get a good haircut. You're like, man, I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a basketball game tonight. Might as well ball out. <laughs> Look good, play good, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, I, I can Unless be found. <laughs> all right, sorry. That was my last shot. It's all good. It's all good. We'll make this the, the new Faku conversation. Uh, I can be found personally at Solar Rays on Twitter. S-O-U-L-E-R Rays. And you can find the podcast at Four Corner Pod on the Twitters. So that will be it for episode eight. Everyone have a good night and I will see you all next time. Adios.